All right, we're here with uh, Steve Shadrach. So Steve, uh, if you could share with us uh, the most unique thing, or at least one of the most unique things you've eaten, maybe on a short-term mission trip, or perhaps it could even just be a, a family traditional meal. Well, Tori, good to be with you uh, and your listeners. Um, I, I may share a quick story about my daughter. She was 14 and went on her first summer mission trip to China and with our church and um they all got there for the first meal in kind of a rural area. And these people spent all this time and money to put this meal together. And there are maybe 14, 16 of them or so around the table, Americans. And they all sat down there and the Chinese hosts were, you know, asking them to, you know, eat this food. And they all looked down and they could not tell. They knew, they knew whatever it was, this black and charred thing, it once was alive, but, <laughs> uh, but none of them knew what it was. And my daughter says she started hearing some, some, some sobbing going on. Nice. And she looked to the left, looked to the right. And these, these, these people who realized they were going to be here for 14 more days and their very first meal was this something that they couldn't even tell what it was. Um, she said, Dad, there were people that did not eat for 14 days. They just wow. had little, little, little nut bars and stuff. And, and, um, and so uh, she said it was a traumatic experience. Yeah. Uh, your, your listeners probably don't want to hear about uh, traumatic ex eating experiences, <laughs> but I can imagine what that was, whatever little animal that happened to be was on each person's plate. Um, yeah. That would be a challenge for an American to eat that, not knowing what it was, you know. Right, uh, or maybe uh, more of a challenge knowing what it was. Maybe it was good they didn't know. <laughs> That's a good point. That yeah. is a good point. Yeah. So uh, excellent. Yeah, I'm sure that a lot of people listening have either a story of that, like their own, or or know somebody. Welcome to the Better Mission Trips podcast from Standards of Excellence and Short-Term Mission. I'm your host, Tori Ruark, and we believe that mission trips can and should be better. In fact, statistics suggest that maybe as many as 80% of short-term missionaries are going out undertrained and underprepared. They're going out with the right heart, but they're not going out in the right way. In this podcast, we're going to discover together how to combine the right heart with the right way for God's glory. So yeah, now we're here with uh, Steve uh, Shadrach. And so Steve, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little about you, uh, the ministry that you have, and how you how you arrived there. Just uh, help us get to know you a little. Sure. I was born in Dallas and uh, grew up there and then came to the University of Arkansas to go uh, to college. I became a Christian right as I was kind of before I left for college. Uh, a, a, a campus crusade athletes and action staff person led me to Christ. I thought I was a Christian. Everyone, you know, growing up in Dallas thinks they're a Christian. Uh, but I, I was not. And I came to Christ and grew dramatically in college uh, through the navigators and through crew and through my local church. And um, but really kind of realized that's maybe what I want to do is I want to reach college students for Christ. I saw uh, God used me in my fraternity house for three years. And so um, that's, that was a big part of my life is, is how I can uh, be of um, help to college students who need the Lord. So that's really kind of what I've done with my life, Tori, is, is, um, is, is tried to reach students. I was on staff with a church for almost four years as a college pastor mm -hmm. and then started a ministry 
I realized I really wasn't a pastor. I struggled with that, but I, we started a ministry to college students called student mobilization or STUMO. Uh-huh. And that's, um, that's, that's had lots of influence and impact on colleges across the, across the country here. And, uh, but, but I can start something, but if you leave me in charge too long, we might be in trouble. I don't know if you uh-huh. know people like that. Sure. So I'm kind of a starter rather than a developer over long term. And so, um, and so I've turned that over to the next generation of leaders. And we started a new organization called Center for Mission Mobilization. We can't seem to start ministries without the word mobilization. In it. Yeah. It's, it's a real problem. Um, but, uh, and, and I've turned that leadership over. So I'm kind of just a global ambassador for the CMM. Um, and we have a, a number of different resource ministries as well. And one of them is called Support Raising Solutions. I know yeah. that's the topic of our podcast today. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about addressing some of the, the concepts there that we try to teach and train to workers around the world. But I am married for 38 years. I have five kids, uh, eight grandkids, and uh, we live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, up in the northwest corner. And, um, and I'm sure your listeners are all Arkansas Razorback fans. So uh, <laughs> we'll just assume that, right? Yeah, you can assume whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. right. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about support raising solutions. Uh, you know, how did that start? What's the heart behind it? I imagine hearing your story that you've probably been in a support raising role for uh, for quite a bit of your life. Or at least, if you're starting ministries, you got to fund them somehow. So you're probably uh, raising funds in some way. So tell us a little bit about support raising solutions and how that came about. Well, I was on staff with this church and realized I really wasn't a pastor. I struggled with some of those roles, but I loved college students. And so we started this ministry and my pastor graciously gave me six weeks of severance pay. Mm. And, uh, and so I, I did not know really, I'd never got any training or read a book or anything on the subject. Uh, I did happen to observe a couple of different campus workers when I was a college student. One of them really supported his family well, and they had a house and they had clothes and food and they paid, obviously paying the bills and could focus on the ministry full time. But this other person, he and his family were just like beggars. I mean, they, 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 they barely had enough to eat. I could tell on the clothes they wore on this, this house they lived in. And, and he had to work at nights to somehow make ends meet and he couldn't be on campus. And it just was a mess really. Yeah. And I said, I think I like option A better than option B, you know. And so I wanted to be able to have a family and support my family and support our ministry. And I didn't know what to do except just go out and spend those six weeks. Uh, I was married uh, with with three children, uh, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and one on the wow. way. So if you're if any of your listeners are having a hard time getting motivated to raise support, you know, get married and have children. <laughs> yeah. uh, that'll motivate you. But I had six weeks, and so all I knew what to do, Tori, was to go to every single person I've ever known in my entire life and meet with them face-to-face, share with them about our vision for reaching college students, and then ask them uh, to come on to my monthly support team. And uh, I think I suggested some amounts, usually. But then I waited and let them answer. And by God's grace, six weeks later, we were at full support. Mm. And so that kind of launched us. That was 38 years ago or something like yeah. that. Um, but about 21 years ago, uh, I started getting asked by other organizations to come and train their staff. Like I had trained the the STUMO staff. And so that launched 
this ministry that is now in a number of countries, it's, it's just exploded. Some things we create, it sits on the shelf and gathers dust and, and yeah. some things just has a divine wind behind it, but that's support raising solutions. Um, we're trying to help uh, great commission workers all over the world uh, to be vision driven, uh, spiritually healthy and fully funded. And that's been an exciting task to, get to train thousands and thousands of workers over the years to do that. All right. So I'm right. I'm writing driven, spiritually healthy and fully funded. So I will come back to that because I have a feeling that's a, a roadmap of sorts. I have a feeling it's no mistake that you mentioned those, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. <clears throat> um, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be too, you know, 38 years uh, you started this, you know, with a six week push uh, over the years, when you look back and you think, wow, I, are there things you look back and think, wow, I can't believe I did that. Oh, that was so dumb. That was so crazy. Or, uh, are, you know, or, or maybe it's people you've met along the way. So are there some things, some myths or, or common mistakes maybe that, that we just often, we think it's the right thing, but we just realize, uh, you realize no, that's, that's not a good idea. Well, when you've trained 20,000 workers from 1,500 organizations over 21 years, not, not counting my own organization. Boy, you've heard about every little uh, excuse as to why they can't get to full support, you know, as if they're going to tell me a new one I haven't heard before. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, they're going to come up with some scheme, some plan. You know, Shadrach, appreciate all the Bible study that you want us to do and all the preparation and meeting people. It takes way too much time. I, I've got a better plan. Oh, really? Okay. What's your plan? You know? Mm -hmm. And I remember one young man, he was very popular. He had gotten a basketball scholarship and he knew people all over the state. And, um, and so his, he, he said, I, I don't need to meet with anybody. They're all going to come on my team. Yeah. I, I, he needed to raise, I think $5,000 of monthly support. I'm going to send out 50 letters and I think he said, I'm going to put an envelope in there and I'm going to ask him each for a hundred dollars, you know, a month or something like that. And then the money just going to come rolling in, you know, and I begged him not to do that, you know? And, um, and he said, no, God has told me, well, what do you, you, you would like to say, no, he hasn't, but no, you can't say that. Yeah. Um, and so, but about three or four months later, he kind of comes slithering back into my office and he's a little more teachable than I could tell. Uh, cause he'd only gotten two envelopes back yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they were the dreaded one-time gifts, not, not the monthly support he was hoping for, you know? Yeah. So we had to go back to, and, and to ground zero to the foundation, to the ABCs and to do it and do it right. So I think that, I think the shortcut mentality that people just think I can send out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and again, long-term support raising is different than short-term support raising. Yep. I would. I, I want to make that that, that I, I when I train short termers, I train them differently than I train them long termers. And so uh, there's a lot of myths out there that sport raising is begging or that there's a scarcity of money. There's just this limited little pie of money and, and God doesn't have any more than, than this certain pie. And so mm -hmm. if you take some away from, you know, if you raise money, it's going to take some away from another church or another organization. No, I'm afraid not. Um, and just that it's a, a necessary evil. Some yeah. people think that way or that they're not worthy. Mm. Some people think they're not worthy. And yet Jesus told us that the labor is worthy of 
the wage. And so are we going to believe what Jesus said about us or are we not? So there's a lot of myths as well as practices that don't prove to be real fruitful over the years for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. And we'll try to kind of uh, draw out those applications to short-termers as well as looking at you know, long-term uh, agency stuff as well. So feel free to offer that out. But you, you mentioned you took this young man and you had to go back to the basics, back to the, to the beginning, the, the foundational blocks. Uh, what are those? Uh, what are those beginning? Uh, well, I think it always starts with Bible study. I, I, I'm amazed, Tori, as to how few Christian leaders, uh, pastors, uh, even people on support, fundraisers, have never taken the time to do a thorough uh, inductive, you know, um, Bible study, uh, of the scriptures, old and new Testament as to what does the Bible teach about money and giving and asking and tithing and support raising and all these subjects that are all tied together. Everyone has strong opinions. Oh my word. Mm -hmm. When you start talking about raising money, everybody has strong opinions, but almost no one has taken the time to really do the personal Bible study, thorough inductive study to see what God has to say. So do I want to base my, my beliefs and my perspective and my approaches on opinions, my opinions or other people's opinions, as strong as they may be, or, or on the never-changing Word of God? So always start. That's where your convictions are going to come from. And if, and if you have some of your listeners that, are, that have been or are or will be raising support, short-term, long-term, over the course of their lifetime, they can get burned out. They can get, um, they, they can lose the focus, lose the vision. They can, they, they, they can fall out of the saddle. The only thing that really keeps them in the saddle long-term I have found over the years is convictions and convictions mm-hmm. are only built uh, like Romans 12, one and two says for us, it renews our mind and we yeah. can prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So it always has to start with having your people, even if it's a, even if it's a small Bible study, but we've included four excellent Bible studies that anybody can get to in the back of this book called The God Ask. And um, that would at least be a place to begin, uh, is having people do thorough Bible study and then help them understand that it's a ministry. It's not a necessary evil that, that when your people are going out and making calls or visits or emails or whatever mode they're using to connect with people, they're actually mobilizing those people. Uh, Support raising is one of the most brilliant ideas God ever came up with. It's the key to mobilizing the body of Christ. You would never be reaching out and talking to these people and asking them to invest unless you were going on this mission trip. Well, this is your chance, maybe your only chance. (laughs) He has plopped you right in the middle of that network of people for a reason, because you're the only one that can mobilize them. So use that mission trip, use that support raising requirement as a means not to go, woe is me, I guess I better, you know, ask people for money. No, this is your chance of a lifetime to mobilize those 30, 60, 100, 200 people around you to see what God is doing around the world and to involve them. You, you may be the mm-hmm. only one that will ever invite them, ever involve yeah. them, ever engage them. And so see it as an opportunity of a lifetime as a ministry to mobilize those people. Um, that's huge. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Starting with our, our scriptural view of the process and then understanding that it is, like you said, more than a necessary evil. It's not what we do in order to do ministry, but part of the ministry. Definitely. So um, what else? Uh, what else? You mentioned the book, The God Ask, Support Raising Solutions. That's the ministry you, you're talking about. We're not asking you to give away your whole program here in the next hour, but what else do people need to know, um, you know, if they're approaching a trip or, or a role? Okay, they, they got got this, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to minister to people. Um, you know, earlier you said you just made a list of everybody you knew and you met with them face to face. What is that the next thing that comes making a list and somehow communicating with people? Is this where we get into the vision driven, spiritually healthy? <laughs> What's next? Well, those three, those three little phrases that, that you picked up on, we act, the order actually is, is we, we want to help people become great commission workers uh, around the world. Uh, we want to flood the nations with that type of person, persons, but who are spiritually healthy, number one, vision-driven, not money or budget-driven, and thirdly, fully funded. You, we, 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 if we can flood the nations with great commission workers like that, uh, God's going to, you know, do a, a great work, you know, uh, for, for sure. So, um, I think, um, I think studying the scriptures is, 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 is always the first base, you know, I think next is, is really from the scriptures and from the training you give them is to help them see it's a ministry, not a necessary evil. And yeah, now you get into some of the, the preparations and practice. We, we've come up with a, with a little a little a little booklet, Tori, can't hardly see it there with with, yeah. with my video, but it's called Five Keys to Personal Support Raising, and it's just a a boiled down boiled down little booklet uh-huh. that someone, if they only had ten minutes or five minutes to read, not read a whole five hours of the God Ask book, sure, um, it, it it might be, um, and it talks about some of those preparations. But yeah, we call it name storming, not brainstorming. In brainstorming, you know, there are no bad ideas, right? Right. <laughs> but in namestorming, there are no bad names. And what we tend to do is we tend to play Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. As we're making our list, we go, oh, so-and-so wouldn't want to give, or so-and-so, they they don't have enough money, or so-and-so, they're not a Christian, or so-and-so, you know, I I, I haven't talked to them in five years. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. think I'm just, you know, trying to get money from them or something. No, 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 no. Don't play Holy Spirit. You write down all the names of, of, of really anybody and everybody you've ever known or known of, you know, and that has to do with the amount you're trying to raise and the, you know sure. how long you're going to be raising support. You don't need to come up with 3,000 names if you're only going to Guatemala for six weeks. Right. Uh, but it's a good experience. It's a good exercise, rather, for you to do that. And then maybe maybe you could then categorize them into kind of A, B, and C. The A's are the ones I'm pretty sure they would they they they're going to support me if I ask them. Maybe that that mid level B the B team might be well it's kind of 50 50. I'm not sure yeah. if they would or wouldn't. But I, and then the C team is they don't seem a likely candidate, but I'm going to put their name down there. Yeah. And then you start to think and pray about you know how you want to approach each person. I I encourage every worker, whether short term or long term workers. Tori, to put together something called a levels of giving chart. Mm-hmm. And they're taking the, the total amount they're trying to raise. Let's try and say they're trying to raise $5,000 for the summer mission trip, or sure. some would say $5,000 or more for monthly support if they're going full-time with an organization or something. 
but but what it is what is it you're looking for? There's a certain number of gifts at the bottom of that pyramid that that are the smaller gifts, mm-hmm. and then you know hundred dollar gifts, and then you're looking for two hundred dollar gifts, and maybe maybe four hundred or uh, five hundred or a thousand dollar, you know, yeah. and so. The, the numbers are kind of, you, you may be looking for 10, $100 gifts, but only um, four, 250 and two 500s and maybe one, 1000 or something. Yeah. And you're thinking through and praying through who do I want to ask uh, for, for these different levels? Um, I encourage them to at least suggest levels. Don't tell people what they mm-hmm. should or shouldn't give. Um, but here's the principle that I think works for short and long-term mission support raising, the more personal, the better, mm. uh, the more personal, the most effective. Um, mm. You know, I, my wife and I probably get, you know, not as many now, but probably up to 30, maybe sometimes 40 letters each spring right. of young yep. people, especially college students who are heading to mission trips and summer training programs. Well, we try to give to almost all of them, but the ones who, want to meet with us Mm -hmm. or the ones who follow up with a phone call. Oh my word. Yeah. We double, we double what we give to them. Yeah. Um, And so um, that's just a human nature. Uh The more personal you can become in your ask. Uh, And of course, a lot of people are using zoom calls and virtual calls these days because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but still that would be better than just getting a letter in the mail. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, so I think those are a few preparatory steps and principles yeah. that some of your people could utilize. Yeah, I like that, and I think you know your suggestion of making a, a chart and then inviting people, inviting people, it, it helps. I think them to see how do I fit. Exactly. So now um, as people are beginning to approach those uh, spiritually healthy, uh, you know, I don't want to assume we understand, but I think I'll, you know, I think we get an idea of spiritually healthy. And then you say vision driven, I assume, you know, as we're approaching people, that's where it really makes a difference. If we're vision driven versus like you said, money or budget driven, tell us a little bit more. What's the difference between being budget or money driven and being vision driven? And maybe how does that come out in the way we interact with people? I talk a lot about it in the God ask and it, and it, and it, and it tends to create some deep emotions in some people when they realize they've been primarily budget driven in their life instead of vision driven. Mm-hmm. Um, vision driven is you're, you're letting the vision pull your train. Everything is about the, the ministry that you're trying to accomplish that God has called you with uh, to. And so it's not, it's not about money at all. Uh, support raising is not about money. If, if someone thinks support raising is about money, they've already got two strikes against them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about vision and relationships. Uh, that's what it's about. And so, um, and, and if you, and if you focus on vision or relationships, the money will come in like crazy. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it, it comes across pretty quickly with a person you're meeting with or talking to, whether you're just trying to get the money, it's just about me getting the money. Uh, then, then you kind of, then you are like a beggar. Then it is kind of like Christian socialism where you've got more money than I do. And so I need some of your money or something, yeah. you know, and no. Um, but if they sense that you've got a vision to reach people for Christ, that you have this passion, this burden, this desire to go to this group or go to this country or this campus or whatever it is, and that's, what's driving your train and you're going to raise whatever amount of money you need to, it doesn't really matter. 
the amount of money that you need to raise. You're going to raise enough to win this war. You're going to win enough to, 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 to fulfill the Great Commission. And so they, that, that person is very impressed. They have finally met a person that is vision-driven, that they're doing everything, and the filter that they're running everything through is, what do I need to do? What do I need to be? How much money do I need to raise to reach this campus for Jesus Christ or this college for Jesus Christ? And so um, when vision pulls the train, rather than money or budget, it's a whole different person. It's a whole different feel, a whole different perspective. And missionaries, we're the worst, Tori. I mean, we're, yeah. we're I mean, there's a reason they call it the missionary barrel, you know, or we're, we're you know, I mean, we, we just, no wonder people treat us like beggars. We, we view ourselves as beggars. Mm. And as much as I appreciate thriftiness, you know, clipping coupons and going to garage sales and all the things that, you know, just scraping and scraping pennies and so forth to think somehow we're saving God money. Mm. I think when we get to heaven, he's going to go, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I, I can't find thriftiness in the Bible. I'm not saying we shouldn't be a good steward. Right. But he's saying, why did you spend all this time clipping coupons and saving pennies and going to all these garage sales and just living like little, you know, beggars? When I had you, I wanted your eyes to be focused on reaching the world for Christ. I have all the money in the world in my heavenly bank. Philippians 419 tells us yeah. there's this heavenly bank that's full. He goes, why didn't you just trust me for those funds instead of live this impoverished beggar life instead of leading people to Christ and making disciples? So you can get a feel for the difference between a, a budget-driven person, right. kind of a poverty mentality, versus a vision-driven person who they're going to raise whatever they need to raise. It doesn't matter in order to accomplish the vision. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Um, so... Uh, Okay, uh, and I'm, I'm looking through the process here. People have, uh, you know, they've name stormed and they've categorized and they've put this together and and they've really prayed about. And I, I appreciate the fact that you said, even you know, you name storm and then and then you're praying and, and you're praying throughout it, you know, because I think sometimes we do just skip over the uh, importance of of the way we approach it in prayer, but. Um, you know, we, we've got this vision we figured out how to communicate it to people and we're communicating it in the most personal way. Uh, you, you know, I get done on my zoom call. I get done on the phone. I get done with coffee and uh, how do, how do I end that conversation and what comes next? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I used to sell cell phones for T-Mobile, uh, when I first started, you know, and my boss said, I closed the sale, you know, obviously that's how some people, uh, that's how we're taught sometimes to approach it. But how do I finish that, um, yeah. that encounter? And then what comes next? What do do? Just sit and wait? or? Well, I think that our ministry, Support Raising Solutions, um, and people can go to that website. We've been packing it with resources for 20 years. Uh, more and more, we also are trying to enter into that space of helping uh, ministries and churches with that, that short-term support raising. So our people have even put together some materials and tools and workbooks. So y'all, y'all need to check that out. Yeah. Uh, that, and that we'll we stick that be. in the show notes. We'll stick that, yeah, that email ad, well, that, I think, uh, website. Well, I, I just met with a couple of our leaders and I can tell that part of their motive in moving from just helping people raise long-term support to now also helping short-termers 
is, is they're wanting to help short-termers, the churches and ministries around the world that do short-term mission trips, um, to see it differently, to, to view it differently, to view the support raising itself as a ministry, to view it as, a, as, a, as one of the most powerful mobilization tools God has ever created, and don't just skip over it. And, and yes, I know that in our culture, a lot of it is sending letters or emails or something, and, and you don't even meet with people face-to-face, but I can tell they want to keep pushing this idea of face-to-face appointments, of virtual Zoom calls where you are meeting face-to-face over the internet, at least phone calls, and, and, and the more personal, the better, because it does something to the support raiser. It's the greatest preparation and prerequisite for ministry I've ever seen is to raise your support, but also it, it impacts the people uh, that you're meeting with. And so um, that's, that, that's a big motive, I can tell, for our personnel to kind of invade that space and make it more uh, than just about the money, mm. uh, that, that it really is a key part of ministry and mobilization uh, to get the body of Christ stirred up and involved and engaged in the Great Commission around the world. Um, but when you, when you present your material, your, you know, and you make your ask, um, that's the most difficult part, Tori. You, you, you know, it's like if the parallels between evangelism and support raising are uncanny. Oh, true. Yes. It, it's one thing to you know, share your testimony, share the gospel. But now when it comes down to the decision opportunity, my throat starts to get a little dry, you know, <laughs> Yeah. and my, uh, my, 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 I'm start to stuttering and stammering and I can't keep my eyes because I'm about to ask them the golden question. Would you like to receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord, as your savior, <clears throat> maybe even right now, you know, <laughs> and, and, and at some point you got to zip the lip, you got to let them answer. And it's not supposed to be a, 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 you know, this confrontational do or die awkward moment. No, but at some point, let the Holy Spirit work on them and give them a chance to answer. And, and it's the same for support raising. We can make our presentation. We can do our levels of giving. Mr. Mrs. Smith, as you can tell, I, I need to get to $4,000 by April 10th. Uh, this is how much I have to go to reach these these, these young people in Guatemala that I have a real burden for, that I've been praying for, uh, would you consider investing in us at this $200 a month level or possibly even this $300 a month level? I'm wondering, could one of those work for you? And at some point, as difficult as it is not to keep reviewing and you know re- reminding, and at some point you got to zip the lip and say, what do you think? It's their turn to talk. And so, and you're right, that, that levels of giving chart, it helps them figure out a way to fit in. Everybody wants to fit in. Yeah. It takes a little pressure off the ass too, when they can see what the levels are and kind of see mm-hmm. where they fit in. But then you got to um, get real specific on how to close the deal. Like you said, do you, do you um, give them a link right then to give? Do you, mm-hmm. is it an envelope that they mail in? Older people might want to mail in a check, you know? Yeah. Or some people have their little iPad or computer out right then, and they, they punch in the mountain and, and let them, they kind of do it for them. So, yeah, you have to have a, a follow-up mechanism to, uh, to, to make sure the giving uh, happens and it yeah. doesn't just 
fall by the wayside someplace. And sometimes people go, well, let us think about it for a few days. And so you, you'll want to set that parameter if you can. You get Mr. and Ms. Smith, that is so wise for you to think about it, pray about it. I commend you. Um, today is, is Thursday. Um, what if I were to call you back at this time, maybe Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon? Could one of those days work for you? You know, And so now you're, you're getting some specificity, if I could use that word. Yeah. Here in Arkansas, we try to limit words to two syllables. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but something where you're, you're really the expectation, they're expecting you to call yeah, on Saturday afternoon at 2 PM or Sunday afternoon at 2 PM, whatever you agreed on. But friends, what I've noticed is there's not a lot of good follow-up and faithfulness and follow through mm-hmm. in the sport raising. So your listeners, if you tell someone you're going to call, you tell someone you're going to follow up, you better do that. Um, yeah. I told you about those 30 letters that, you know, we get I, one year. I just, almost all of them said, we will call you only two called. Hmm. Yeah. And I realized, I realized it was, a, it was the children of a friend of mine. Both, both of them called me. They followed through on what they said. Yeah. And I, we doubled what we gave, but I thought my respect for those other ones, it's not like I've lost respect. It's just, they, they lose opportunity to build credibility by not mm-hmm. following through with what they say. And some of your listeners, Tori, some of, some of the people raising support, this is kind of step one. If, if they have a good experience and, and, and do a good job with raising $4,000 to go to Guatemala this summer, that can be the springboard yeah. for raising $4,000 a month Yeah, and going yeah. back to Guatemala as a church planter. But those people that they approached during those summers, if they treated them right, if they follow through on what they said, those are going to be some of your great people that will be your long-term monthly supporters. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, so I don't know if you have this uh, stat, Steve, but uh, is there like an average length of time it takes a full-time career missionary to raise the support they need to, to go out? Is there an average? I, I hate to tell you what it is, brother. Uh, is, it, we- is it a long time? Well, it, 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 we've been able to, I think God has used us to reduce it some, but I remember we, we did a survey with a hundred, hundred large mission agencies and campus ministries that you would know most of the names of these groups, mm-hmm. asked them a series of questions and so forth. And so the, the, the surveys we have taken, uh, and here's the way we ordered the question, to those staff in your organization that did get full support, mm-hmm. implying not everyone we're, gets. We're weeding support, right? out the. We're weeding out the <laughs> the real failures. We're weeding weeding out the. We're bumping up the numbers did, by weeding yeah, out. So yeah, yeah totally. so the ones that did get to full support. How mm-hmm. long did it take them? And 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 the average was eighteen to twenty three months. Mm-hmm. And so I ask groups that we train: Do you want to spend eighteen to twenty three months of your life raising support? And of course, the answer is no. Yeah. Well, then don't. Yeah. You know, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so I know it sounds wild and crazy, but in the God Ask and in our trainings, we, we lay out an idea, a challenge. Again, don't feel like a failure if you don't do it. But, but what if you were to just by faith think through and prepare and train and launch, and you were to consider getting to 100% in 100 days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hundred days, that's, that's a little over three months. That, that's a lot different than 18 to 23 months. Right. And right. so we've, we've been able to reduce the amount of time significantly 
A lot of it has to do with what their perspective is. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Um, and so if we can help these workers to do it full-time, once yeah. they're prepared, once they've prayed, once they, they're, they're all set to launch, and now they're going to work on it morning, noon, and night. They're not going to be a part-timer. We have mm-hmm. found that that three, six, nine months is very yeah. reasonable, very doable. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. Because if we think it's going to take us two years, then we want to be doing the initial revision for at least a little bit, and that draws away from it. And and I like your point too that if um, you know a lot of the a lot of people going on mission trips are young people. A lot of them are going year after year through school, through high school, through college. Imagine if they all approached it. You know, obviously not all of them are going to become missionaries, but the ones who do. Imagine if they had approached those last four years of support raising that I'm building my team that's going to send me out long-term. Yes. And that's why I would encourage all of your listeners to consider putting together at least an annual newsletter Mm -hmm. or a twice a year. Some of you may want to do four time quarterly newsletter and it just, just keeping in touch with those people. Mm -hmm. It's thanking them for investing in your summer and investing in you. But now you're telling them about your, life in Christ and your, your ministry at your high school, your college, or your, yeah. you're continuing to prepare and cultivate them. Not only will I give the next summer. Yeah. I'm not just raising 4,000 going to Guatemala. Now I'm raising 8,000 to spend three months in China or something. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, as you keep cultivating those people, growing the quantity and quality of those, those individuals, those relationships. And if you decide to go into full-time ministry, you have yeah. already done all the hard work of laying the groundwork, the cultivation. You're going to be able to put together an amazing team. But yeah, if you if you love them and leave them, ah, oh, these people they all gave their money in the summer, and now I'm just going to forget about them until I need mm-hmm. more money. Uh, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I like you know earlier you said vision and relationship driven, and and I think in my experience, um, you know there are a lot of people who I could tell them. I've got a dog haircutting ministry and they would support it because it's relationship because I've invested in them. They've invested in me over the years. Um, And it's not to say that the vision isn't important, but it's that relationship. And I think that those are the people who support you for years. And, uh, and there's, that's such a blessing with people who stick with us. Usually, usually uh, in our country and in others as well, is that people give to people justified by a cause. Mm. And so uh, if you have a bad cause, well, uh, you know, people are going to be hesitant, but you know, you, you, you and your listeners are going to have real good biblical yeah. eternal causes. No one's going to mm-hmm. question the cause. I don't think. Right. So, so, but you're right. Many, most people give people give to people mm. justified by a cause. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Okay. Uh, so uh, just a couple minutes here and you, I don't know if this can even be generalized, but, you mentioned that you guys do kind of some support raising training internationally also. So um, is that different? I mean, so some of these principles you've talked about, are they just transferable across cultures and, and everything? <laughs> uh, maybe the applications a little different, but, or uh, does it totally turn on its head when you're in a different kind of culture and international setting? Oh, you're asking a great question there, brother. Um, I just saw a, a, a picture this morning where um, 
some of our leaders in Malaysia, we were in 20 countries, our organization is, um, Center for Mission Mobilization. The website is just mobilization.org. And so our vision is to raise up more missionaries all over the world through, through, through these other countries. But mm-hmm. the greatest obstacle, if that's the greatest need, Jesus said in Matthew 9, the greatest obstacle, as you and I know around the world, is where, where, how do you get them funded, right? Yeah. So we're going after, we're trying to meet the greatest need of raising up laborers, but then attack that greatest obstacle. But you're right, it's different country by country, and it feels a little bit like you're going through a jungle with a machete, you know, kind of, you know. And so our materials, I'm so proud of all of our our publishing people and our creative design people Mm -hmm. in our organization because they've got these 12 major languages that they're putting in all these, you know, books and resources and training and and just making it just an excellent job. But, But to translate all that and to use language, that really works with the, the, that particular language group and, and country and culture can be challenging. Um, as I was writing that book, The God Asked, Tori, I was going to have five different chapters in there on how do you raise support in Latin America and how do you raise support in mm-hmm. Africa and how, you know, in Asia and Europe right. and so forth. Well, and so now I'm interviewing people that have raised their support and the, the nationals that have raised yeah. their support, full, full support in those countries to please tell me and send me your story, how you did it, what the obstacles were, et cetera. It was all the same. They mm-hmm. were all the same story. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't write five different chapters in a book and say five, <laughs> the same thing five different times. Right. And, and, and all it was, was this. I went to every single person that I've known in my lifetime, in my you know city there in Brazil or wherever I was, you know, and I shared with them this vision of reaching youth or reaching students or reaching, you know, planting churches in another culture, whatever the vision was. I asked them, would they invest in us on a monthly or annual basis, whatever it is they were raising? And I let them answer. That's yeah. it. That's what you did. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> and so, you know, the next country, the next country, the next country. They go, I'm sorry, Steve, that just doesn't work in our country. We're, we're honor, shame, or shame. You know, everybody, I, I'm not saying sure. that other cultures are not different than ours. Right. But there is a universal principle that God has put into human beings. And it's the more personal. If it's, if it's important, you'll do it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you married, Tori? Yes. I have to believe you didn't send your wife a text or an email <laughs> yeah. or, you know, uh, you know, Proposing. I have to believe yeah. you did it in person, eyeball to eyeball. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have to assume at some point after the stem stump stammering and stumbling that you did, you know, stuttering that you finally had to zip the lip and let her answer, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, if it's important, you'll do it in person. And so, when I, when I come to you in person, it communicates two things. One is you are important to me. Mm. I, you're important enough to me to take some of my time to come over to your, your place and meet with you in person. But secondly, it also communicates that what I had to say is very important. Yeah. And so I had a young man recently drive four and a half hours, got up at 3 a.m. to meet with me at 730 on my front porch. I only had 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But he, 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 he spent four and a half hours in a car to spend 45 minutes with me drinking coffee on my front porch. Yeah. What did that communicate? Communicated big time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was already ready to jump on his team. I was ready to mm-hmm. jump on his team. Th- this guy, not only was I important to him, but it's obvious what he had to say must be very, very mm-hmm. important. So 
Um, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to hammer away on that too much, except to say that, that that's a principle we've learned around the world is that really regardless of what culture it is, regardless of what country it is, uh, we try to help the workers there raise their support in the most personal way possible. Yeah. Now collecting the money, <laughs> you know, country by country, <laughs> You know, you feel like a mafia hit guy sometimes, you know, going door to door to get your monthly, you know, uh, monthly amount. Whereas we in America, we have all this, we have all these banking mechanisms that that do it for us. But so the collection of the money can Mm -hmm. be a challenge in some of these countries. And I don't want to diminish that support raising in some countries is not as, as, as part of the culture as it is here. Right. It's a new concept. It's a strange concept in some countries. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, especially non-Christian countries, if they don't have a strong banking system or strong giving culture, you know, there, there are challenges. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. There really are. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, I think I, I like to say uh, that support raising is not easy, but it is simple in the sense that it, you get a call, God, get, God calls you something you make a list of everybody who <laughs> could be part of sending you out. You know, uh, that's a very biblical idea. People who send you out and then you tell them about it and you invite them, you know? So, you know, uh, it, that's true. So across cultures, uh, like you said, the, the mechanisms might be different, but the, the principles are the same. Yeah. And we, uh, all, we, we, we all have, we all have little reasons in the back of our mind why we can't get to full support. Mm-hmm. How, how many workshops or seminars have I done over the years and I finish up and, and I can see them coming right down the aisles, two or three people coming right down the aisle after these, this session or, you know, and, and I know exactly what they're going to say. Yeah. They're going to say, Steve, I really appreciate what you shared today, but you <laughs> don't understand our situation. Oh yeah. yeah. Really? Is that right? So I try to keep a straight face, you know, yeah. really well, well, tell me about that. And, and so they're going to talk about what country they're from or what family they're from or what town they're in or what church, you know, the, the lack of this, or I don't have this, or I'm too young, or I'm too old, or I'm this. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We can make up all kinds of reasons or excuses. I've kind of boiled down, I think, support raising. Yeah, it's about vision and relationships, but also it's about character. Mm. How deeply do I believe God has called me to this ministry? Amen. And, and, and the deeper that I have that conviction, I am willing to pay any price. Work morning, noon, and night. I am willing to persevere. It does not matter. I'm going to pray like crazy. I, I, I'm willing to pay any price to fulfill this calling. And I'm not going to let any excuse. I'm not going to play the victim card, you know, on any area of my life that somehow I can't do this because of this particular issue or, you know, all kinds of different excuses. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would throw that victim card out the window, all the excuses out the window and say, God, it is you and me. I stand before you and take full responsibility uh, for raising this support. Now let's go do it together. Amen. I can't think of a better way <laughs> to, to finish our time together than with that right there, uh, that 
the encouragement to lean on God, trust in God and walk with him through it, making no excuses for why God can't raise the support for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Better Mission Trips podcast from Standards of Excellence and Short-Term Mission, or SOE for short. For more information or resources about how to make your mission trips better, or even to become a member of SOE, visit us at our website, soe.org. And a special thank you to Melissa White for producing this episode.